My dad, he's from Turkey, and he was going through the same, same exact things that you know are happening now in Turkey. But basically, it was illegal for him to get U.S. dollars during that time because they were saying like, "Oh, you need to keep the Turkish lira and all that." But he would basically go up to tourists and you know practice his English and convert his his lira to USD. Smart. So that's how, yeah. So that's how he was able to eventually end up in the U.S. Because everyone else was dealing with like, oh yeah, inflation, and they weren't able able to save for anything. Hey everybody, this is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Hey everybody, I'm here today with De- Dennis Sat. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Dennis is, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the leader of the infamous 58K gang on Twitter, uh, on Bitcoin Twitter. Uh, but he's also um, he's also a writer. He's also, uh, uh, he does video content. He does lots of different content for uh, the Bitcoin space, macro, economics, a little bit of news. So yeah, Dennis, like, Introduce yourself and tell us anything that is important about yourself that you should know or we should know. Uh, for sure. Yeah, thanks for that intro. Um, yeah, I started doing, well, I didn't even do like a formal announcement. I know a lot of people like to do that on Twitter, but <laughs> yeah, about like doing like Bitcoin full time and everything. Yeah, um, right. That's what I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. No, I appreciate those posts because it, it just uh, confirms like where everyone is heading to. I, I don't really totally. like to see that. Yeah. I just never thought like, I don't know, it was necessary to announce something like that for me, for myself, but I love seeing when plebs get out of the fiat system entirely. And it's like, okay, now, totally. I'm, now I'm supporting Bitcoin and supporting a company that I like uh, with people that you sort of have, well, you pretty much have the same like morals and values. Like totally. Generally. Yeah. yeah. It's That's really awesome. easy. Yeah. And it's really easy to stay on mission, stay on task when everybody's kind of aligned uh, with their morals and values, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, Dennis is a humble guy. Um, but can you tell us like a little bit about your backstory? Like, when did you get into Bitcoin or how did you get into Bitcoin? And what was it about Bitcoin that really stuck out to you uh, and really kind of drew you in? And were you like obsessed from the beginning, like some people, or did, was it a slower process? Yeah, I guess uh, I usually get into my first touch, which is with the Winklevoss twins back in like 2014. So I saw them on, I think it was CNBC or something like that. And they were talking about Bitcoin and I had no idea what what it was. And it didn't make sense to me. Like, how can a currency go up from, what was it? It was like, it probably went from like $100 to $1,000 or something like that around yeah. that time. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't really understand what was going on at the time. Uh, and I, my impression of the Winklevi- the Winklevi were basically just from that social network movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with those guys I'm too. Sure or I was back then. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I didn't really trust them at the time or I didn't know how to discern like who to trust at the time. And... That's kind of where it started. And then I sort of forgot about it, I think, until 2017. 
you know, because okay, yeah, that's when <laughs> I think that's when a lot of people, most people, like actually heard about it mainstream at that point. Right. And, exactly. Yeah. So I started, you know, I started shitcoining a bit around there. Um, I was still pretty skeptical about the whole situation. So I was like, ah, I'll throw in like a couple hundred bucks here, a couple hundred bucks there. It's all these coins that, you know, don't, they, they don't, they didn't matter then. They still don't matter now. What was um, the most like cringe one that you got into at the, in the 2017 cycle that you can remember? It was definitely Doge. Yeah. Doge, okay, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty much all for the memes. So, like, I think the Doge community gets the memes right just because of how, like, uh, I don't know. Like, if you go on the Reddit forum or, mm -hmm. like, on the subreddit, that's pretty much where I learned everything about, you know, private keys, storing your coins, and all that. So, I guess Doge was, like, a nice little introduction to learn that stuff because it's like, oh, if I lose it, I don't care if I lose it. Right, <laughs> Yeah, so I was dealing with paper wallets at the time. So that's like, that's not something a lot of people get into, but I was dealing with that mm -hmm. just because I was like, eh, I don't want to deal with buying a hardware wallet. And then I don't know if they had too many apps like available, like wallet apps. Not that, that time. Yeah. Not right. that I knew of. Mm -mm. I was like, okay, I'll just go to a random website, do the generator. So like how they would randomly create the keys was you had to shake your mouse yeah. or whatever over the screen and i was like okay i have no idea what i'm doing but i just trust that the, you know, like, not even that i would have or maybe you did but i wouldn't have known what entropy like how that affected the uh effectiveness or you know of your of your keys just like oh, i trust that this works yeah basically yeah there was so much trust involved mm -hmm. at the time yeah i, did, I had no idea but it's a good what learning experience. On. So some of those apps and websites were good learning experiences and it was just kind of a fun way to like, oh, this is hopefully you didn't put like 20 Bitcoin on there and then lose that a few years later. But yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So you got, but so you, it, yeah, it's, it's almost good that I wasn't messing with Bitcoin at the time because right. I probably would have sold it or lost it. <laughs> yeah. The same, like I, I, I got when I say got into Bitcoin, I didn't get into Bitcoin in 2011. I was, I heard about it and was mm -hmm. talking to people about it. And then I helped some friends buy some in 2012, just to use it on the Silk Road, just to buy some MDMA. Uh, and then I didn't mess with it again for a while, but like I always, people are always like, Oh, I wish I would have bought a thousand Bitcoin in 2010. It's like, yeah, you would have sold it when it went up to like $17, $15, whatever. You still wouldn't mm -hmm. have it today. Maybe, maybe you would, but a lot of us would have sold it, but mm -hmm. yeah. So what are, what's your background? Um, I, I think I've heard you talk before that you've got a finance background. Yeah, so I was doing finance on my own for, uh, when did I start? I guess around like 19. Yeah, like the summer of when I was 19. Yeah, so I was doing that for, for quite a bit on my own and then doing like side jobs. Uh, I don't know, name anything like, Photography assistants, uh, construction. I don't know retail. Uh, I was working at a library for a bit. I, that's actually where I started learning about Bitcoin because there was so much downtime. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm just going to read books on finance, and Bitcoin will come up here and there. And I figured, okay, yeah, I got the time to just do nothing, <laughs> take care of these books. <laughs> What, uh, when did you start, I mean, you, 
you write for what Coinbeast and BC or BTC Times? Is that accurate, up to date still? Yeah. W- yeah. When did you get into that? How or how did you get into that? Because I've read some of your articles. I mean, some of them are uh, just like helpful, like this is a scam or these are some books you should read. But you, you're a good writer. I mean, you've got uh, polished, I guess, communication skills when it comes to writing. So when did you get into that, and how long have you been doing that? Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Um... I don't know. Like I remember in I remember in high school, my junior, I mean, I, I tweeted about this once and everyone was like, oh, you're lying, man. Like no teacher would actually do that. But uh so my junior year high school teacher, English teacher, she I don't know, she wasn't super supportive of my writing at that time. And she she basically told this to everyone. It wasn't just me. So it wasn't like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was super personal, but you'd basically just be like, yeah, you guys are not going to uh, survive in the real world because you can't write properly. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Thanks for the confidence on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been writing for a while, I think since high school, mostly. Just on the side, like on my own time, because I went to, I was doing fine arts in high school and then I got into film in college. So a lot of the screenwriting stuff I was doing was during college. And that's, I guess, where the appreciation of like grammar and writing clearly came during college. And then around 20, when was it? 20, I guess the summer 2020, I was looking for some side gigs. Uh, I was just, you know, applying everywhere because I figured, okay, at some point they're probably going to fire me from this job. But uh, we can get into that later. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So then uh, Adam Adam Meister from the Bitcoin Meister show. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I know of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just did uh, like a podcast or something. And at the end of the podcast, he was saying, oh, this this company and these people I know from Canada are looking for a writer. Uh, please, you know, submit anything you can to me or, and then he'll reach out to them for, for me, I guess. So I think at the time he probably had, I don't know, maybe a thousand or 2000 consistent listeners. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one who submitted something huh. for him to send over. <laughs> really? Yeah. So basically how i got into it was nobody else wanted to do the work and i was like i'll do the work i don't care <laughs> which is a lot of times the, the case you know you'd be surprised at how much opportunity people put out there and nobody responds when it actually comes to actually having to do something to mm-hmm. get yeah to get the job or to get whatever but yeah mm-hmm. what uh what kind of stuff did you write about or what kind of stuff do you like to think about and write about outside of Bitcoin before you started writing some of that stuff? Uh, so after I finished the creature from Jekyll Island, this was like mm-hmm. right before I went all in to Bitcoin, like 24 seven, just reading up on it, mm-hmm. learning about it, buying as much as I can, et cetera. Uh, it was that still 2017 or was that a little bit after this was like 2018. Okay. Start okay. of 2019. Yeah, that's pretty much like when I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this for like sure, okay, as long as I can, because this is this is the real deal. Every all the other investments I've looked at, real estate, yeah. gold, uh, other commodities, stonks, uh, they all pretty much sucked. Okay, yeah, and that was to Bitcoin. 
And the question that I was getting to earlier, uh, mm. so when you got into Bitcoin, you, like you said, you were fooling around with it, you were shitcoining, whatever. But what was that or what maybe the moment or maybe it was an externality or maybe it was something about Bitcoin that like that mm. it unlocked for me, you know, it was in 2020, you know, I had Bitcoin, I'd been a little bit into it for a while, but when they started just printing like $8 trillion, I was like, oh shit, like this is it. This is the moment. Like if, if it's not now, it's never, I've got to just go all in and like make this my life or slowly I kind of came to that realization. So what was it? Was there anything like that for you? Or was it just an accumulation of your knowledge? And you're like, oh, this is definitely better than the other stuff that you mentioned. Yeah. I don't know if it was like, yeah, it definitely wasn't one moment. Um, it was definitely a, an accumulation of things because okay. my dad, he's from Turkey and he was going through the same, same exact things that, you know, are happening now in Turkey, but back right. in like 80, 81, uh, basically it was illegal for him to get us dollars during that time because they were saying like, Oh, you need to keep the Turkish lira and all that. But he would basically go up to Taurus and, you know, practice his English and convert his, uh, his lira to USD. Smart. So that's how, yeah. So that's how he was able to eventually end up in the U.S. Because everyone else was dealing with like, oh yeah, inflation, and they weren't able able to save for anything. So if he didn't do that, he wouldn't. He would have never left Turkey. So that was probably like the first. And he's he's spoken about this like I guess since I was a since I was a child. So I pretty much had this in my mind that oh okay, yeah, this paper money is trash. It's always been like that for a while. And he would always tell me, oh, yeah, like buy gold, buy silver, et cetera. Uh, but I never actually did that. I only invested in stocks. I never got into like gold or silver um, just because of, I guess, if you look at the macro charts of everything, it's like, yeah, you're better off just with like tech stocks or something like that. Sure. So I figured, yeah. Okay, I'll just, I'll just put it in like stuff like Tesla, which, you know, I guess would have been a decent uh yeah. one to hold but and like google and stuff but yeah uh it, it was definitely an accumulation and then it didn't really hit me until winter 2018 spring of 2019 because uh i was pretty unsatisfied with my job i was doing it for a media company for a while and I was just like, there's gotta be more than this. There's gotta be more to there's gotta be more to life. Cause like hmm. you can put all your savings and everything into stocks or whatever, but you know, you can see from a lot of the, I guess, I don't know, the normies that you keep in contact with right now, it's like they don't have anything to look forward to. Right. I didn't have anything to look forward to at the time. Right. I was like, I mean, you see like things going to get worse or better. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, you see like rich guy, like Warren Buffett. So I live in Omaha right now. And like, I live like Mm. a couple blocks, Warren Buffett, literally. And Mm. dudes like him, like, I'm not the kind of guy that walks around middle-aged with a suit, my briefcase, driving my Toyota Corolla to work every day. Like, I'm going to go read the spreadsheets and we're going to talk about the bond market. I mean, I like macroeconomics. I like narratives and stuff and talking about that, but like, I'm not. There's this something about the the legacy finance industry that is like just so stuffy and so 
um, restricting. Like there's no real reason that it should be like that, or that it has to be like that, but it is for whatever reason it is. And Bitcoin's the opposite of that. It's kind of like a fuck you. I, I can get my money. I can make my money and I can do it however I want. I can wear what I want. I can say what I want. I can be based. I can be cringe. We, we have both of us in it. Right. So mm-hmm. that was definitely an appeal to me. So I definitely understand where you're coming from there. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like you've had quite a few jobs. Like you're kind of a journeyman, like you kind of bounced around, like kind of looking for what your calling was, right. Or what your what made you happy. Um, and it sounds like, I think I've heard you say that you, you live in, you live in the city, you live in New York or nearby yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So is that where you like grew up? Yeah, I was, uh, was born in Dallas, Texas, and then eventually moved over to New York when I was like, nine uh then yeah uh new york has been i think it's been very good overall for i guess like growing up in and all that a lot of opportunities right yeah yeah i'd say there were plenty of opportunities before uh you know 2020 and all that nonsense that happened but um yeah and it's kind of getting back to that a little bit Mm-hmm. but you know it still leaves a pretty bad taste in my mouth <laughs> yeah i bet yeah how did you i mean did you how did you deal with that like clown just that just it's all bullshit the clown world bullshit of like living in a place like new york with the restrictions and rules that they had and yeah. how did you did you did you get out of there did you escape or did you just like oh man i just gotta slog through this bullshit i'm gonna post yeah. i'm just gonna post memes on twitter all day like to pass my time because you're not as active i don't think on twitter as you were like probably a year ago yeah pretty much uh yeah i think throughout most of that i was kind of just coasting just because mm-hmm. of you know the price increase and i was like all right well now i gotta figure out the next chapter i'm just yeah. gonna chill out for like a year or two yeah um I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot of Bitcoiners have been going through that as well. It's like, okay, totally. the price is here, uh, which is, you know, it's up more than I bought for. So, like, I don't know. You kind of need that transition period to figure out, okay, what do I actually right. want to do with my life at this point? Because you're pretty much just, I don't know. I guess you're chasing gains until you have the gains and you're like, yeah, what? right what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> right. Like you, once after, after a bit, it's like, yeah, I'm getting richer, but I'm not, my, my situation hasn't changed anymore. It's now it's like, oh, I can kind of do whatever I want, but I can't just do whatever I want. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So during that, like when they enforced all the instruction, the restrictions, uh, I basically just didn't follow any of them. And I was doing, I was living my life the same way I was doing before. Um, and trying to focus on work, although, you know, like with Twitter and everything that, of course, I think, I think that took up quite a bit of time as well because nobody what... wanted to hang out. And I was right. like, all right, whatever. I'll just hang out on Twitter, like during that same time or something <laughs> and bitch about what's going on. And so is this, is this the story you were kind of alluding to earlier about getting fired? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were basically just, uh, you know, the pressure to do certain things I didn't want to do kept you know, they kept popping up. Um, I think, I think they still have, they still have that uh, mandate, I guess, within New York City only mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. to, you know, to get that thing that you don't, 
necessarily need. <laughs> right. The thing that's and not really like, helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking like, it probably went through my head a couple of times where I was like, all right, so if I do get it, what am I, what am I getting it for? I don't actually need bad money from that job. I could just find another job at right somewhere else. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop going and stop like everything at once with, with that company. And it's funny because I think that like the day after I quit, um, Gandalf reached out to me and was saying, Oh, do you want to do some freelance writing for us at BTC times? I was like, yeah, man, totally. I mean, it worked out perfectly. Nice. So yeah, if anyone, I don't know if anyone finds themselves in a situation where it's like, give up your bodily sovereignty or yeah. yeah yeah like your morals are at stake it's like you should just go with what you know is right at the end of the day i think yeah. every time yeah, yeah what's the point of much having, every time what's the point of having fuck you money if you don't tell somebody to fuck off about important things right <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> so about the same i mean i don't know this time frame but about a year ago i was before i quit my corporate bullshit job uh and started working on you know in a bitcoin company I was, uh, I was sitting on Twitter all day at work too. And it was early April, late March, 2021. And, uh, so back around then there was these two gangs on Twitter. There was the Moscow meme tarts and the meme factory. And I was partial to the Moscow meme tarts. I thought they had, they were more plebs. They were more anon. They were more plebs. The, mo- the meme factory guys, no, mm. nothing against the meme factory guys. In fact, I really like them now, mm. but they were, you know, they were a little bit more, just seemed like, they, I like, them. I don't want to say they were bitter. They weren't bitter, but they were just like more complaining. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it was in a funny way, in a funny way. They were great. Right. And we were sitting around and I think, you know, where I'm going with this, but we were, they were sitting around and they were just bitching all day about ranging, you know, we're going from 57 to 59 and back down. And then Udi, remember Udi? Uh, he's a shit coiner now, but he was like, he would say, or he's like, oh, you just buy at 57, sell at 59, repeat, and just make money, make money, buy more coin. <laughs> and then I get on one day and there's, there you are. And you're talking about, you know, 58 K or 58 K and all the Moscow meme or the meme factory guys are like, fuck Dennis, dude, fuck <laughs> Dennis and this 58 K bullshit. And so I never really brought this up before because there's no way for me to prove it because my account from then got suspended and your account from then got suspended. I, I don't know if I posted one of the first actual like memes, but it was like Drake. It was like, you know, 57 to 57, 999 and then like 59.01, you know, whatever plus. And it was like, Drake's doing the nah, and then it's like 58k, and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> and I posted that and you retweeted it, and then boom, once you retweeted that, it's like I only had a few followers at the time. I was just trying to like make friends and post memes on Twitter. Uh, people still that was like the first thing I ever posted. They got like you know 50, 75 likes. I was like, nice. all right, I'm I'm fucking 58k gang. Let's all go. Right <laughs> so you know, I had so much fun last year posting the the 58k memes i think i sent you one where it was like uh homeward bound or like they're like the dogs are coming back you thought they were all dead and like the different like no uh, you know the prices as it was coming back from like we crashed down to like 28 and we came back and we had 58k again like a few months later but towards the end of last year was that the video 
yeah yeah it was like a yeah, video yeah, yeah with yeah. like and then finally like uh nice. the, the the golden retriever comes up and you know it was good mm-hmm. like i loved i loved that was like one of my one of my favorite parts of 21 and that bull run was mm-hmm. honestly the stupidest thing it was just the 58k bullshit it was like and it's it has i mean it's big they're gonna i mean if you took if you made a video of like a highlight video of 2021 of all the things that happened, you got the Tesla buying, Michael Saylor's conference, the China ban, the mining ban, um, all that stuff, right? Like 58K makes that list or makes that video in some sense. Like there's some ode to it. How do you feel about that? How does that like, like you're the 58K and you'll always be 10 years from now, they'll probably still be a reference to it. The news won't get it, but the old people will. Oh man, I don't know. I didn't think about like, the depth I, of it? I think I think uh, I think a lot of people in Bitcoin think about legacy, uh, you know, with their families and stuff. Like mm-hmm. on Twitter, it's like, uh, all right, it's just like, you know, shit post, shit posting the whole time. But sure. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about. Well, I think that I think there's something that. to that because there's people get on Twitter all the time, and they're just it's cringe. They're trying to make a point. They're trying to become an influencer. They're trying to be like, look at me. I'm so smart. Like I have this, you know, I can help Bitcoin. Right. Mm. People just like some, they get followers, but nobody really cares about those people. And then you got people who are just on there who do not take it seriously. They're just having a good time. They're just bullshitting and they become popular or like, you know, not popular in a sense that that's what you're aiming for, but people, it resonates with people. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's like there is a weird dynamic there where it's like if you're trying not to be taken too seriously, and you kind of do. But do you yeah. have do you do you tell your friends, your normie friends, or anybody in your real life? Do they know like that uh, uh, you've been suspended like six times from Twitter, and every time you come back and you gain a thousand followers quickly because you're the fifty AK guy? <laughs> um. Yeah, a few of them. Uh. Yeah, like one guy orange pills. I'll send him a meme every now and then. Hmm. Um, yeah, my family knows about it. I, they were hearing a lot about it. I think what, I guess what? I, whenever the last time we were hitting around there, what was that? Like Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Last, yeah, yeah, it pe- yeah. It peaked around November. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. my mom was like, "What is this? Why? Why is your face all over here?" <laughs> I'm like, well, mom, because <laughs> she has a Twitter too. And I'm, oh, okay, I don't yeah. Know. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's it's gonna come up every once in a while. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, pre- it's pretty much what you said. Like, I can't. You honestly can't take any of it seriously. Of course I, not. I think I've had that philosophy the whole time. With even before Twitter, it's like everything on the internet is fake. It's it's dumb. But I think Bitcoin Twitter has proven me wrong in the fact that, okay, yeah, you can find like actually legit friends for sure. And that's what it, and that's the best part of it. Um, that was gonna be my next question. Like how, I mean, I'm sure there's no number you can put on it really because it's probably countless, but you've made, I won't call them friends necessarily, but connections, like connections, people that are like-minded and they don't even have to be in New York. They don't have to be in the United States. They're all from all over the world. And Mm -hmm. for, I mean, think about, think about it like this. 58k stupid shit post but then you've got people in africa asia tonga south america 
they don't speak English, at least not natively. Mm-hmm. Their culture is totally different than us, totally different than yours. Everything about their entire experience in life is different, but they, for whatever reason, you connected on that stupid little thing. And like, you know, that's pretty, there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's bigger than that. Like the, the memes themselves mm-hmm. are like this weird phenomena of, that's connecting all these people from all over the world who had really almost nothing in common except the human experience. And I'm, it is easy to like laugh off memes and like they're stupid, whatever, like we're just having fun. But there right. is also something cool about it. There's like, it's, it's important. Honestly, I'll say that word important. It's uh there's something to it and it's, it is connecting us. I, I don't yeah. know how, what, what it is that's doing it, but it's interesting to me. I think it's fun. Yeah. It's a bit of the algorithm. It's a bit of uh, I don't know. It's yeah, almost, for sure. I wouldn't call it a brotherhood, but like it, it a could little bit. get to that. Yeah. It could get to that side of it a bit, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it was just like, I liked posting 58 K because it, it pissed off a lot of people and then eventually they all troll it was trolling right and i yeah i really enjoyed that it was just funny getting the reactions like no shut up Dennis, stop it you can't do that (laughs) dude imagine if imagine if in may of 2021 or april of 2021 if if you told people a year from now you're gonna be begging for 58k you'll be wishing it was 58k you know they would have they would have you would have been hung on the, the Bitcoin Twitter streets, you know, in the search, the city circle. Yeah. And now it's like, please, God, get, <laughs> get us, us back, back. there. So please, Satoshi. I think that's the sweetest part about this whole thing. Not that. Vindicated. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I feel, I feel a little bad about everyone who's lost, I don't know, six to seven, whatever figures worth in Bitcoin and fiat terms, whatever. Yeah. But I think so have I. overall, we it was. <laughs> If I had the choice, if I was given the choice, I would not have it any other way. I would want Bitcoin's price to go down. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who hate that. It's like Dieter would probably say, oh, you're just poor. No, I like the meme. That's pretty much why. (laughs) Yeah. No. And, you know, like Central African Republic or all these countries, like, dude, Mm -hmm. they're they're picking up the money. Like I would. It's good for them to be able to get some cheap sats or cheap, relatively cheap sats. So it's not all bad. You know, it's 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 better than when the rich people aren't scooping it all up fuck them um but yeah like so do you have a do you have a full-time gig now or are you looking for one or like are you trying to work for anybody a bitcoin company you start your own thing or what i mean you know you don't have to be too specific but do you have anything in mind that you're looking for or trying to do uh, next yeah with btc times they they gave me enough work where it's like okay oh good this is this is good it's pretty much you know time but it's more like uh it's less formal so yeah you don't get the, the that's benefits true. or you know the company benefits or whatever you know yeah, i never yeah. really cared about those you know health insurance is great and all but mm-hmm. uh that's probably the only thing i would need <laughs> just, uh, some health, just some health insurance yeah do you uh do you have like what do you what what is the aspect of bitcoin that like I don't know, interest you the most right now or, you know, that you've been thinking about lately? Is there anything at like anything specific like lightning or Taro or any of that stuff? Um, Yeah, it's a good question. 
Yeah, there's so much going on in the news and it's just sure. not reflected at all in price. So right. you have Australia with like another spot Bitcoin ETF right now. Um, and then what else was in the news? Something about, I don't know if you know, Keat. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah, that whole Synony- project. Synonyms project. Yeah. Or yeah, the guys yeah. that run Synonym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super interesting, especially since... Uh, what is it? Oh yeah, Hole Punch. That's the platform. So on Hole Punch, you could basically just like you just build apps, peer-to-peer mm-hmm. apps on them, mm-hmm. and then you can integrate Lightning later, and that's awesome. I really like that. Uh, where that, I guess, could go. Right. I like. Where I know. That, yeah. I didn't realize that, that. I didn't realize that. So that's. I'm gonna check that out as soon as we're done here. Yeah. Um, I think. I think Keen announced like I don't know a few days ago. They were like, "Oh yeah, integration with Lightning is coming soon." Like. Nice. That's Sick. what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So speaking of the news, do you still do your YouTube uh, rundowns? I mean, it's kind of informal. You're just kind of like uh, Bitcoin or, you know, Bitcoin adjacent stuff. You just kind of talk about that mm. daily headline stuff. Do you still do that? Yeah, I haven't been uh, because let's see, I think around the beginning of July, I got sick. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, take a few days off. Mm-hmm. And then later on, uh, more work started coming my way so i was like all right i mean i think it'd be a, a crime to say or you know to like have my focus on something other than stacking more sats at that point totally so so that's kind of where i'm where i'm at with that uh i think until things cool down maybe i'll start doing a weekly thing again that'd be nice if i could get back to a weekly thing but yeah. you know there's just been it's just been a lot coming in so i'm like all right i'm just gonna focus on this and then for my downtime i'll just like sleep or i don't know watch netflix with my family or something like that <laughs> do you are you still a big runner yeah yeah where do you yeah, do you run in the city you run on a treadmill where do you do it so in the city the cool all right so the coolest thing that came out of this whole like lockdown situation was me running in the streets of like Soho and nobody, nobody around, nobody, nobody's there. That's crazy. That was the coolest part. That's, That's probably the only thing I would want to bring back, but uh, it was really cool. Just running wherever I wanted, not having to worry about traffic, not having to worry about like people walking in my way. And I didn't take any videos or photos of it. <laughs> it was just like, all right, this is going to be in my head for, the rest of my life and i have no photos or videos of it that's right well. <laughs> how, how how far do you run when you run like how many miles do you try, typically go um since i left that previous full-time job uh i've been increasing the miles just because you know my schedule is more flexible now which is great um so i'll probably do like it's usually like six you know 6.15 miles every other day 6.15 miles it's totally coincidence right yeah it's totally totally a coincidence if so not then it's like 5.8 uh, or you know <laughs> it's good um, yeah i'm gonna start running uh uh 5.8 k's it'll be my new like warm-up for the gym <laughs> yeah 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 uh, there's there's a there's actually a lot of uh well not a lot but like you can run by the water at least in manhattan so that's oh nice. yeah you don't have to deal with you know traffic or too many people that's where i usually run or Central Park if I feel like going up there. But 
cliche. Yeah. Going for a run <laughs> in Central Park. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Mike, he's the co-host of the show and he and producer. He mm-hmm. wasn't able to make it today, but uh, he he does his like handle on Twitter is Run Dance Bitcoin, and he's got uh, a drone. He's gonna hate that I'm bringing this up, by the way, but whatever. Uh, he has a drone, and he has like the drone like follows or leads him so he's he'll run through like the hills and i think it near malibu or maybe that's not really but it's somewhere in the la area nice. and, he'll, and he'll have a song playing and he's just dancing when he runs and he's just running up and down these hills and he's got this drone that's just like staying right in front of him and it follows him around so if you ever if you ever get your hands on one of those drones that you can kind of like control that kind of leads you as you go like that would probably be it's too late now to do it but maybe if they shut down new york for monkeypox which i don't think is that absurd for them to do not that they should right. but that they're, they're you know they're clowns they probably might think about it yeah for maybe sure. you can get a drone and you can just uh document your travels as you're running through what do you listen to when you run anything uh yeah so it could be it could be anywhere from like i don't know like rap to like movie soundtracks, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, movie soundtracks. What's your favorite yeah. movie soundtrack? Or video game soundtrack. Mine's Armageddon. Armageddon? <laughs> yeah. Armageddon see. and Punisher. Punisher. The Punisher one's kind of lame, but it's like just like a nostalgic thing from high school. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, I guess it's anything like Christopher Nolan. Oh, nice. Dark Knight's good. Interstellar. Uh, uh, what's the guy? Hans Zimmer. Is that the guy who does it? Yeah. Yeah. Inception. Yeah, any of those, I guess those would be like in the top, yeah, for playing. Awesome, dude. Well, as you can see, the little timer's like running out here at the top, or maybe it's not showing for you, but. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, so awesome, dude. Thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us. I know you're a humble dude, but let the people know where they can find you and they can find your your YouTube content and your uh, written content if you would like to. Cause I think it's pretty good. I think people should see it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, I guess written content, just go to BTC times or the at BTC Twitter handle. So three letters, pretty simple. Um, and then I guess if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's, a, I guess it's, uh, what's the new handle? Satoshi Dennis or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Satoshi Dennis, but D E N I Z for those yeah. of you who, for the longest time, probably thought it was Denise. It's just Dennis. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. uh, It was, uh, I, you know, we get some followers on high hash rate, but it's, it's pretty small, but for me, it really, it's, I just like meeting other Bitcoiners, people, plebs who I talk to online, or I share memes with online and having conversations with them. It's like really valuable. This is just for me, you know? So it was really great to finally meet and talk to, talk to you, Dennis, man. It was cool. This is good. Yeah, thanks, Dan, for the invite. For Super sure, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do we'll do when we have the fifty eighth episode, or more importantly, the fifty eight thousandth episode. I don't know how long that'll take, but nice. we'll definitely have to ask and see if you're available to do that one. Yeah, let me know anytime. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us at, at High Hash Rate on Twitter, or you can hit up uh, Dan at Heartland Bitcoin on Twitter and myself, Mike, I am at Rundance BTC. Yeah.